Welcome to From the Cryptoverse, the podcast where we bring you up to speed on the news, developments, and innovations from the Cryptoverse. I'm Trevor. And I'm Jacques. Well, so I figured today we'd do things a little bit differently because the last last couple episodes we've been talking about news. Uh, and I want to I want to maybe back up for a second, give people a good introduction to who we are, maybe what some of our background is. And then we can talk about sort of what we see for the future of the industry, maybe get into some of our opinions, because I know everybody on episode three wants to hear about that. Uh, but we'll hopefully have a good discussion around sort of the future of crypto. But I guess to kick things off. Um, I'll give some background on me. So I, I'm Trevor. I'm the VP marketing over here at Legible. Uh, and I joined Legible about two years ago and not from the crypto space. A game, I joined from the tech and SaaS space. Uh, and I really also kind of fell into marketing as a profession. I started off my career as an engineer, so pretty technically oriented there. And I saw that I could also, like I also had this passion for creativity and making things. Um, and so that naturally just sort of flowed into marketing. I spent some time in tech marketing and product marketing, sort of marketing that's maybe a little bit more closely aligned with technology. Um, but then from there, just slowly transitioned to being more of a generalist and eventually got involved into crypto on my own. And now found myself here at Legible. Um, and Jacques, tell me about yourself. How'd you get into crypto and maybe a little bit of the things you've done in the past? Yeah, I'm the current senior partner marketing manager here at Legible Crypto. Prior to me onboarding onto Legible about three or four months ago, um, I was actually the marketing manager for uh, Solana-based decentralized exchange. So I've been, you know, pretty much in the crypto space for about mm, three or four years now, and I got introduced uh, to the crypto space slash the whole fintech area through um, an organization that I was based in in Chicago. So they pretty much, uh, you know, helped me gain financial literacy, uh, you know, learn more about the stock market, learn more about crypto, just the whole nine yards of that, as well as, you know, get, helping me gain social capital with prestigious institutions. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, with that, it drove my interest to crypto and to the blockchain space, especially with the whole, um, you know, just marketplace of everything and how it just integrates with, you know, like the long term view of how I would love the world to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that kind of just, um, you know, piqued my interest for it even more. And, you know, I'm, I'm here able to do things that I love, which is market, create content, you know, the whole nine yards of that, as well as be within the industry that I love and that I'm passionate about. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's awesome and, and a really good background. Yeah, you come from, you know, the space where you have worked in crypto. Um, yeah. And I, I sort of come from this not traditional finance space, but traditional marketing space. And so that gives me like, I think between the both of us, we kind of have a little bit different perspectives on sort of go-to-market strategy and the the way that crypto can be adopted and sort of ensuring that adoption. And that's sort of what I want to want to have a conversation about today because yeah. stepping back from like a thousand foot view, I think a lot of my past in uh, traditional tech and traditional SaaS software has given me sort of this understanding of how those products are consumed and understood. And for a lot of for a lot of things, like especially within crypto, watching the market evolve over the last, let's say, decade or so, um, people initially just tried to reinvent all the wheels with crypto. They tried to do everything differently, subvert every process. And I think, you know, that works in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll probably get into talking about how crypto is sort of this subversion of traditional finance functions a little bit differently. But when it comes to marketing, marketing is based on like human behavior and how they adopt products. And so I'm a firm believer in that 
what we've talked about actually in episode two just a bit ago was, you know, how ensuring this adoption of crypto means honestly integrating crypto into traditional into traditional channels. So a lot of the marketing that I like to take and the approach that I like to take with, you know, understanding crypto and talking to people about crypto is really to lower that barrier to entry to like, hey, I know this may be a confusing industry to you if you're not a crypto native, but it it functions, you know, maybe a little bit differently, but at its core, it's it's something that's solving challenges, solving problems. Here's maybe a little bit of basics how it works. Um, and, you know, these are the challenges we're going to face moving forward. And it's how, mm-hmm. you know, Legible is solving these challenges, but how all these other companies are solving challenges too, because I don't want to, I don't want to talk about Legible solely in this podcast, but, <laughs> but, you know, it, I, I'm a firm believer that if we, if we continue to see crypto grow and want to continue to see crypto grow, that it's going to have to get adopted and integrated into existing workflows. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, time back, time back to Legible, that is a lot of what we do is, we see, you know, the path forward, at least in the tax and accounting space, that institutions and traditional finance has to be able to integrate crypto if we want to see them adopt it. They've got like rules and regulations and and everything they've got to follow in the TradFi space. And they're unfortunately, since we don't have a ton of guidance around crypto and how to account for it, mm-hmm. it's kind of just got to be ingested into traditional finance. And so that's what that's what Legible helps do. And that's, that's you know, I speak about that a lot too. Um, but I think that applies to crypto as a whole. Like when we talk about NFT and DeFi, like I think when we talk about the average consumer that isn't native to crypto, yeah. they hear like decentralized finance, staking, swaps, airdrops, okay. and all these terms that do not exist outside mm-hmm. of crypto. And they just have nowhere to go with it or no idea where to go with it. So, man, uh, with the terms that you just used, I actually remember me not knowing those terms as well. Uh, you know, remember me, you know, looking up what is decentralized finance? What is staking? Uh, hopefully that was hopefully that was before you worked for a DeFi protocol. But. Oh yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but you know, it's it's okay. We, we marketers know how to to fake our way through the game. Exactly. <laughs> <But> continue. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, but um, yeah, um, you know, uh, ways that I think that we could you know, sort of, you know, bring the crypto space into traditional channels and just make it more digestible for, you know, ordinary people. Um, you know, first, I think we, we should, you know, start off by, you know, like explaining crypto in terms of, you know, it being like uh, explaining crypto and blockchain as like a one-on-one basis, you know, mm-hmm. so starting that, starting it off at the very beginning level, and then, you know, working our way up into, you know, teaching people about the industry. So, yeah, yeah. Well, then that, then sorry to jump in, but that is like a big, you know, a big part of like technical education as a whole. And I think people forget like, okay, sure, the, the actual like coding of the blockchain and like working with these protocols might be complicated. But for everybody that's getting involved, they don't need to develop their own protocol or anything. They just need to know how to interface with it. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what a lot of these larger companies like Coinbase and FTX do is they, they bring this powerful UI. Let's, let's say they're playing, they're playing Apple, like yeah. Apple did with computers. They make it super simple, easy to digest. So you don't have this barrier to entry to learning. Um, so yeah, no, I, like, I agree. And I, I come from a background too, of doing technical journalism and tech communication and, it's always somewhat come naturally to me to like break down these things super simply, but I found one that doesn't come naturally for everybody, but two, just how beneficial that can be 
in technical spaces. There's just such a lack of people in crypto too, but in a lot of technical industries, there's a lack of communication of these things in very simple, easy to digest ways. And people forget a lot how big the barrier to entry is for a lot of these things that Mm -hmm. require so much learning. Like I think for me, I'm still bridging that gap for education and learning when it comes to things like DeFi and NFTs, just not coming into this space as being a crypto native. There's still so much that I'm learning and, you know, function. I, 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 you know, used crypto on the consumer level and traded it a little bit, but never when I was heavily involved in it, never like DeFi didn't even exist then. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, what's your perspective on maybe some interesting things you have from working for a DeFi protocol and working with maybe some of these more, not fringe uh, crypto scenarios, but like not just I'm trading a Bitcoin. So a lot of crypto natives aren't even in tune with the DeFi space. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something that's, you know, totally new. Um, as you mentioned, even when you were heavily involved in crypto, DeFi wasn't even around. Yeah. So the whole DeFi ecosystem is, you know, pretty much just, you know, decentralized and finance, making it, making it where you can, you know, interact with different blockchains. You can interact with different protocols. There's no sort of like limitation on what you can, you know, potentially buy or even, you know, uh, you know, bet on. It's a whole lot of, you know, um, like different DeFi protocols that are just un, you know, untraditional in a sense. So, mm-hmm. well, you mentioned you mentioned um, I think it was in episode one when we were talking about DeFi and NFTs. The note, like you're a huge believer in NFTs, but yeah. you you sort of gave like a different perspective to it that, um, you know, the, the the buying an expensive JPEG or something maybe isn't the the future of NFTs, but it's things like owning a deed to a house and that being captured on the blockchain. Exactly. Yep. And, you know, just having that authority and that transparency of the blockchain is something that I'm very you know, passionate about. Um, like you mentioned with the house deeds and, you know, like various other cases and, and use cases that we can use NFTs for. So I'm, I'm very passionate about the NFT and DeFi space because of the transparency that it has on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, uh, you know, with, House deeds, for instance, uh, you know, turning a house deed into an NFT where you are able to see it on a blockchain to verify it. And not even only that, being able to transfer that ownership of the house deed to somebody in a blink of a second rather than having to go through extreme measures, you know, and a lot of regulations and and legal entities, you know, in, in order to get this house deed. It can literally just be something that you can just send and receive. Um, you know, other, you know, use cases can be um supply chain. Um, education. Uh, a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but and you know, for college in colleges, for example, when we receive our diploma, boom. Uh, well, think about all like the education verification that happens. You know, some jobs do it, but you know, having to verify that. Imagine how easy it would be rather than having to like fax because I've still been asked asked to fax things in what is it, twenty twenty two? Exactly. Um, but you know, imagine how much easier it would be to just send like you know a, a link to the blockchain or something to to verify that. Exactly. And and something like a like a, something else that I'm, you know, very passionate about or just something that I'm, you know, geared towards. I love shoes. I love fashion. I love apparel. So, um, you know, as you may know, it's a lot of like scam. It's a lot of, you know, like fake and oh, yeah. you know, like just, you know, just, just just false apparel within the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. So the NFT and blockchain space can can be a solution for that. So, you know, for instance, if a Nike shoe has like a hundred shoes that they're that they are going to release. 
they can, you know, tie those, but you know, they can tie each shoe to an NFT, put that NFT on the blockchain. So once somebody scans that shoe, um, you know, it's supposed to show up on a blockchain. If it doesn't, that means that it's not real. That means you can't verify it. It's you know, it can be just the little tricks and, and, and little solutions that like that that are, you know that are make NFTs more onboardable yeah. and just make it more you know fu- uh, make it more usable for the future. Yeah, no, I think a lot of that makes sense because like I think for a long time, at least when when NFTs and DeFi blew up. I mean, DeFi in like the span of a year went from like zero dollars to billions of dollars, and it was just crazy. But I think for a long time, both those spaces were sort of solutions searching for a problem and they didn't really have like, they were trying to find their market fit. They were trying to find what their real functionality is. But as like you talk about, you know, what's working well uh, and maybe a lot of the like the security challenges that, you know, shoes or deeds or anything face, blockchain can really step in and be that be that solution um, sort of coupled with sort of what we've learned from DeFi and NFTs. And actually, as like an interesting note about that, back when I was a a tech reporter for some time, I spoke to the VP of blockchain at Renault, who's a European uh, automotive manufacturer. And I spoke to her about how they were using blockchain in the production and supply process, specifically just around one, how optionable cars have become nowadays. There's thousands of variations and modulations you can make to a car when you order it. Uh, and so Renault obviously wants to make sure that they can do that, um, but it just becomes a logistical nightmare. And then you also couple that with the amount of suppliers that all of these different parts and all of these different variations have to come from. You know, in some scenarios, there was one part that took, you know, five or six different suppliers. And so Renault had implemented the blockchain and a lot of blockchain infrastructure to be able to track those parts in the manufacturing process and the assembly process and ultimately ensure you know, the, the usability and the accuracy of the cars that they produced. And so, you know, that speaks to the, the functionality of, of blockchain technologies at the core. And I think when we talk about crypto and the blockchain, like the blockchain, the blockchain at its core is an inherently um, more versatile, uh, more versatile platform than just crypto. A lot of people associate mm-hmm. them and they think crypto is the blockchain and the blockchain is crypto. Blockchain is just like a way of managing information, essentially. And crypto yeah. runs on the blockchain. But like I've had conversations with manufacturers yeah. and, and so many other people that use the blockchain in their space as well. But I think the same too comes to crypto when we talk about um, we talked about Web three a few episodes ago. We talked about um, you know we talked about how Reddit was starting to use NFTs and crypto as well. Um, crypto is sort of finding all of these uh, solutions and finding all of these challenges that it, it can solve. Man, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I actually just came across uh, an article yesterday and it was you know, pretty much saying that Ethereum, the Ethereum blockchain is mm-hmm. being used to cure cancer. And uh, oh, wow. yeah, so, you know, what they pr- pretty much was saying was that like cancer researchers and medical experts were using the Ethereum blockchain to help store data and, you know, train better AI models. Uh, so it pretty much, you know, just allowed for quicker and more precise you know diagnosis for, for for different cancers no that's that's crazy and I, yeah that's it, it's just crazy to one see ai because you brought up ai ai is just making crazy advances yeah um so, I, I can't i can't right. wait to see as ai couples with with crypto even further to see what happens there we're probably in the next bull market going to see some like ai coins or, or something yeah. some functionality there yeah. i'll be i'll be interested 
Well, I think we're both. I mean, I think we're both bullish on different areas of crypto. Um, I'm curious what everybody listening to this thinks. If you want to get in touch, shoot us an email at trevor at legible.io, and we'll, we can maybe talk about it on the next podcast we do like this. If you enjoyed this format versus the news format, again, shoot us a message and. Uh, We'll keep things going. We'll make some adjustments. But uh, this does bring us to the end of episode three of From the Cryptoverse. Uh, Again, if you do want to speak to us, send us an email at trevor at legible.io and I'll get in touch. And uh, hopefully this was the most thought-provoking and informative portion of your day. Don't forget to subscribe and stay up to date on our website, legible.io. Until next time.